This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 21. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Today on the show, I have Kelly Roach of Kelly Roach Coaching and Unstoppable Success Radio. Kelly is a former NFL cheerleader turned Fortune 500 executive and now million-dollar marketing mentor and CEO of Kelly Roach Coaching. Kelly Roach Coaching is an online coaching business in which Kelly mentors entrepreneurs and small business owners to build their own freedom-based businesses that produce income for years. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kelly. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So I, I'm I'm really interested in your story. I mean, I, I I this transition going from NFL cheerleader to you know extraordinary uh, you know entrepreneur and business coach and podcast host. So how, how did that transition happen? How did you get interested in uh, in in business and becoming a coach? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I was that person in college. I always had like three, four jobs at any given time. I was always running around like a crazy person because I came from a big family. And so I kind of had to like, you know, self-support financially. And so I figured why not have fun if I'm going to be working all the time, right? So I did a lot of crazy jobs. I was teaching aerobics and I was babysitting and I was waitressing. And one of the jobs that I had was being an NFL cheerleader. I just so happened to uh, love performing and love dancing and, you know, love cheerleading. And I said, hey, why not, uh, you know, add this in the mix and and enjoy the work that I'm doing. And I've always been, um, you know, really passionate about working hard and having fun doing it. And um, then when I started in my first corporate job, I, I started off working for a Fortune 500. And uh, I kind of fell into sales. I never really knew that I wanted to have a career in sales, but I got into it and I just absolutely loved it. And it became a huge passion of mine. And as I ro- rose up through the company, I was traveling all over and I I was training and teaching, you know, people all over the company how to position themselves and price business effectively and close big clients. And I just realized how much I loved, you know, teaching and helping others. And I was able to help many, many individuals to double and triple their income very, very quickly. But um, as you know how the story goes, as you go higher and higher in a, a corporate setting, um, the, the demands and the quality of life get further and further compromised. And so, you know, at a certain point, I just realized that entrepreneurship was really going to be um, the right thing for me in the, in the long-term span of my life. And I knew I was passionate about helping people. I knew I was passionate about business. Um, I knew my core talents were helping people, you know, really quickly accelerate sales. And so I just kind of brought those things together and I I was like, you know what? 80% of businesses fail. There's a lot of people out there that really need this work and need help. Um, and so that's how I really landed on focusing my energy and my effort on, on helping entrepreneurs to build profitable businesses. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and, and especially your, you know, what you, were, what you were talking about there about, you know, going through these sales meetings, going up the corporate ladder, and then realizing you can leverage those skills uh, to help other people. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I, I just came off of, uh, last weekend, I was at the no excuses conference in San Diego. Um, and there were, uh, you know, a number of speakers up there talking about, you know, building your business and, and becoming profitable. And one of the important things that everyone was talking about, um, Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels was one of the speakers that was there and he was talking about the importance of building a funnel. And I know that's something that, um, that you, uh, coach a lot about. Can you, can you talk about what, the key elements of an important funnel are and, and also I think what a lot of people are missing in their funnels. 
Yeah, definitely. So yes, I mean, obviously, if you want to build passive income and you have a goal of scaling your business, creating an online funnel that works for you even when you're not working is absolutely critical. Now, I think we all know that we need funnels in place, but it's easier said than done, right? Like it's a lot of work um, to set up funnels and to get them working the right way, but it's absolutely worth it because it's one of those things where you do the work up front and you kind of go through the, the, you know, the testing and the tweaking and all of that, but then down the road, it's something that you can rely on for years and years. So, you know, I, I think in terms of a funnel, the, the first mistake that I see is that people don't have them. Hmm. Um, you know, everybody knows at this point that they need to be doing list building. But what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing is they make it to step one, which is, okay, I need to build my list. But then they don't make it to step two, which is, okay, what happens when someone lands on my list that's going to immediately engage them and build affinity and rapport and get them to keep opening my emails? Because what happens is people get on our list and then many times we don't do a good enough job engaging them right out of the gate and training them to open our emails. And then that's just a dead email on our list and it's never going to turn into a sale. So I think number one is knowing that you need to have a funnel and making sure that if you're going to go to the effort to do list building, making sure that there's a follow-up sequence that you're taking people through um, that that's going to make sure that that lead becomes an engaged follower, becomes a raving fan, and then ultimately becomes a paying client. So, you know, that's what I'll kind of say on that. In terms of what's missing, I see a lot of times, Michael, that people are trying to sell way too soon. Way too soon. You have to focus on building rapport and engaging and creating trust with the people that just gave you their email. The one thing that people absolutely do not want more of is email. Which means that if they trusted you with giving you their information and allowed you to arrive in their inbox, um, you have a responsibility to do something good with that. And you need to focus on first engaging people. And when I say engage, Michael, I really mean coming off of the paper and being a human being. And whether it's uh, hosting webinars, whether it's sending out videos, whether it's sending out audios, whether it's sharing podcast interviews that you're doing, something beyond just a sales email or beyond just a blog post every now and then, there has to be a reason that you're training people that it's important to open your emails and to stay engaged with your brand. Does that make sense? Right, right. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and, and I know because I've, I, you know, I've been on both ends of that on, you know, the, the end of trying to sell something too soon and the end of someone trying to get me to buy something too soon. And I'm like, I don't even know you. I don't, <laughs> I don't know your product. I don't, I don't, you know, have enough rapport with you to want to buy this and you're asking me for a thousand dollars um for for whatever you're selling so yeah that, that makes that makes a lot of sense um so i guess since that's such a big challenge for people how do people figure out that that perfect window because i know there also is a problem with waiting too long to ask for a sale right yeah absolutely so i think what you want to be thinking about is immediately when someone lands on your list they just opted in for a free offer so you want to make sure they get that offer you want to reconfirm that they got that offer and really um position it to get them to open, engage, and use that offer so that you're adding value for them right away. So your first couple emails are nothing more than, hey, congratulations, thanks for taking action, you know, here's your gift, and then revisiting that gift again, maybe picking out something very specific in that that's a key point that you want them to take action on. Um, and from there, it's just value, value, value. So you want to really wow them and surprise them 
to the point where they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're sending me this stuff for free. Like, of course I'm going to open my emails from you because every time I do, I'm handsomely rewarded for it. But then immediately, that's where you have to start moving people from, okay, you, you focused on value, value, value. You've really proven yourself to them. You've delivered, you've over delivered. All of that looks good. Now it's time to say, okay, now how am I getting them in the funnel to make a sale? And I think that's where people really kind of drop off the cliff is, you know, yes, you can just have an email sequence where you focus on taking them from an opt-in offer to a sale. But better than that would be, okay, they opted in, you delivered a ton of value for them. Now let's get them on a live stream with them. Or now let's get them on a webinar with you. Or now let's get them on a Google Hangout. Let's do something to get them to engage in an even higher way with you. And that is then your perfect opportunity to pitch your product and to make a sale and to engage with them in a really high quality way. So um, my my recommendation is, you know, get them in, really focus on rapport, adding value, relationship, all of that, and then immediately move them into the nurture and then into the conversion. So I think that's the other key thing I'll really kind of tease out here, Michael, is, you know, you have to make sure that there's a plan that goes from lead generation to nurture to conversion. Those three steps have to be in place in anything that you do in your business that relates to sales or marketing or lead generation. And whenever you're missing one of those three pieces, you're probably not going to be happy with the outcomes and results because you're not you're not following a system. You're not moving people through the psychological steps that they have to take in order to be comfortable making that buying decision. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Okay. So let's 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 kind of break this down a little bit. So let's say someone, uh, the, the, you know, their first step is I want to build my email list, right? I want to get more traffic. Mm-hmm. I want to get more people yeah. with email list. What do they do? Okay. So the first step is, and um, you know, this this is important. The first step is is you have to tap into your market. So you need to either join online groups that contain people in your target market, interview people in your target market, survey past clients of yours, or speak to people that are the exact people with the exact problems and challenges and needs and wants and ability to pay for your product or service. And you need to find what the key pain points are, the key things that they're struggling with that at a click of a button, they would happily enter their name and email to get. Like, what solution do they want? And I think that people skip over this step and they create things in a vacuum in their head that they want to teach or that they want to offer or that they think sounds good, and then no one wants it. (laughs) And so we create these things and then we're like, hey, wait a minute, we build it. Why is nobody coming? Right? So the first step is getting really, really crystal clear on what is it that people actually want and how does that align with your product or your service and then creating your free offer, you know, built around what you know that people are already craving. I mean, for example, there's an advanced search function on Twitter where you can literally search key phrases that people are sending out tweets about. How do I launch my podcast, right? Oh, okay. So does it make sense to be promoting, which is one of the things that, you know, I promote in in my business, you know, a, a, a funnel that brings people through how to design and launch their podcast. And that's verified that there's lots of people out there searching that exact phrase. So there's many, many ways that we can go about verifying what we do before we do it. And the same thing goes for creating a new product or creating a new service. We just have to slow down and make sure that we're starting with the end in mind and not getting ahead of ourselves. You know, we never want to be creating something in a vacuum. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay. So they're figuring out what their audience wants. They are getting that information, learning how to target them. Then once they get the once once they get the email list together, 
Um, I know that one thing that a lot of people are really, really doing now is webinars, right? That's the big yeah, sales definitely. tool. Um, is that, is, is, is the, is the webinar, um, I, I, I guess part of me is, uh, somewhat concerned that people are getting tired of webinars. <laughs> so, so what do you think about that? Yeah, I use webinars a lot in my business mm-hmm. and they're definitely a great conversion tool. And a lot of my clients do join my programs via webinar. But what I will say is this, many of those people were on my list prior to, mm-hmm. which means, so I'm creating my opt-in offers. I'm marketing them on Facebook and on Twitter and on my podcasts and, you know, in all the ways that we promote the business, people are coming on my list. They're being nurtured, they're being cultivated. And then I host webinars, you know, pretty pretty frequently now these days and those people on my list are then opting in for the webinar and then many of them join a program from there. So what I'll say about webinars is definitely still very highly effective way to um, target. Of course, the the topic has to be something that is, you know, uh, tangible enough and urgent enough to your market that they're going to be willing um, to, to spend an hour of time with you to learn about. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you use those those steps I already mentioned, it's pretty easy to tap into like what people want. Like if you join an online group, for example, that the people in the online group are the people in your target market, you can very quickly see the trends and see what questions are being asked over and over again. And when you see that, that should be an indicator to you, oh, okay, this is a piece of information that would be highly valuable to these people in my market. They're clearly asking for this over and over again. So, you know, yes, I I still see webinars as being highly valuable, but I also think there's a lot of other um, great mechanisms. We also use Google Hangouts, um, and and that's really valuable, and it's especially valuable because you can get clients on the line live with you on video, and they can share their testimonials and their case studies, which that definitely impacts sales pretty significantly. And then obviously, all the craze now is, you know, live streaming, and, and that's another opportunity as well. So I would say definitely the the webinars are still going strong. I think the same rules apply. It has to be a topic that people are really going to be willing to um, invest to spend an hour of time with you on. And that should be kind of your guiding force. And then, you know, I, as with everything, test, 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 you know, spend five bucks testing, you know, five different titles and seeing which ones are getting clicks and which ones are getting the best opt-in rates and and use that as your guide. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so when you mentioned uh, live streaming, so Facebook Live, um, you know, Periscope, of the live streaming streaming platforms out there, one, which are your favorite? And two, how do people effectively use live stream? Yeah, definitely. So I am not doing live streaming yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting with live streaming this next month. I'm going to test and, and compare the results between Periscope and Facebook Live. Um, for me, what I do is the podcasting, the webinars, and the Google Hangouts. Those are the three like live mechanisms that I'm using to engage my audience and convert people. And and I focus really heavily on kind of one at a time. So we, you know, we, we take three or six month increments and me and my team really focus on honing in and refining one core thing, getting it performing, and then we move on to the next. So I'm not your best resource as far as live streaming. It's out there. Um, it's it's highly effective. I know that for sure. It's something we're going to be testing over the summer months, but I don't want to you know speak to something that I'm not currently using in my own business. Right, right. Okay. Um, so the interesting thing for me is, uh, I, you know, as, as you mentioned before, 
businesses start every day, right? And the vast majority of them fail. Uh, from your experience, what do you think is the, 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 the key differentiators between, you know, the, the people that are successful and the ones that end up eventually quitting or yeah. being just run out of business? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is in, in the mindset, to be honest. You know, a lot of it is in the absolutely relentless mindset of people that are driven to succeed. Because to be honest with you, Michael, you know, we all face so many challenges as entrepreneurs. We go through so many ups and downs. It's like everything you do, there's hiccups and there's problems. And, you know, everything the first time you do it typically, you know, doesn't succeed and you have to do it again and again. And so that's why I say, you know, a, a mindset is at the foundation of all success. Success. And then the second big thing that I see is so number one's mindset, and number two is the ability to have control over yourself and take imperfect action. So I see so many entrepreneurs fail because they spend so much time planning and talking about what they're going to do and thinking about what they're going to do and strategizing about what they're going to do, but they never get to the doing. Right. So um, all the most successful people that I know have control over themselves. They have the discipline to know when good is good enough and it's time to get into action. And so those are really the two biggest thing. It's the relentless mindset. It's the persistence. It's just the unstoppable willingness to keep moving forward in spite of problems and challenge. And, and that being coupled with that, uh, you know, willingness to take imperfect action. Right. You know, one of my mentors told me years ago uh, something that initially was very scary, but I, I've, I've learned it to be true. He said, sometimes you have to jump off a cliff and build your wings on the way down. Um, yes. And I said, wow, that's <laughs> it, it's so true. But yeah, it's, it's terrifying, right? You don't really know the direction. You don't really know exactly what's going to happen, but you'll never get started unless you just get started, right? You're not yeah. going to have the full, you know, vision in front of you from start to finish. Um, yeah. So yeah. A hundred percent. And you can't, you can't possibly because where you are now is going to be so different from three months, six months, nine months, a year from now, no matter what stage your business is at, that you can't possibly see the end. Like you have to just be willing to put one foot in front of the other, keep moving, keep learning, um, keep taking risks, keep expanding your, your skill set and your knowledge base and, and surrounding yourself with other people that are doing the same. And you have to trust that eventually you will be able to pull the those pieces together and and the puzzle pieces do go together and eventually they fall into place but it's not you know it's not just a simple press of a button because if that was the case obviously you know everyone would be successful million dollar business owners right so for someone out there who's looking to build their own business they want to start online they want to put something together they're not really sure exactly what to do uh how do you figure out like where you should be selling what products you should be focused on uh, and where to get started. And also, are you a believer in the uh, build your audience first and then develop a product or develop a product and then target it to an audience? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it, it's having an audience to sell the product to is really the most important thing. So, you know, I think that um, for someone looking to start a business, you can, you know, take a look at what skill set do you have? What are you most passionate about? And what's the intersection of what people are willing to pay you for within those two things, right? So, um, you know, many times the fastest, easiest way to start a new business is by doing some type of consulting using the knowledge that you already possess. And uh, if you focus on building an audience 
getting started with, you know, engagement events, whether it's even just being a podcast guest or whether it's hosting webinars or just running a simple Facebook ad um, to start building a list and then sending out a weekly newsletter. If you build that audience and, and you focus on adding value and you focus on delivering great content to them week after week, then you can easily build your product and get paid to do it. So for example, like one of my products that I still sell today from years ago called 30 Days to Higher Profits, an amazing program. It's a four-week program that helps people get control of their time and make more money within 30 days. Well, all I did when I first launched that was I promoted it to my list and then I recorded it live and then I took it, repackaged it. And now it's, you know, sits in my membership site. It's something that people can buy online. They can, you know, opt in to get access to the recordings right away and boom, you know, that's a product that's done. So anyone can get paid to create their first product. Anyone can take the knowledge that they already possess and find people that are willing to pay to access that knowledge. It's like a multi-billion dollar education industry out there. And so that that's kind of how I would focus on get, getting started. For me, the thing that really took me from wanting to start a business to being in business very, very quickly was running Facebook ads. So okay. that was like the core, like that was the first step for me. And a tip that I'll give for everybody listening, if you're someone that wants to start a business and doesn't have a product or service yet, drive people from Facebook ads to opt in for your free offer, engage them in your, you know, autoresponder sequence with, you know, great value add, and then, you know, invite them to apply for a free consultation with you. And you can easily sell people from that free consultation into some type of consulting package. You don't have to have anything designed. You don't need a fancy website. You don't need all these crazy funnels. Like keep it simple and just get yourself making money. And then you can add the layers of complexity and all the other details as you go okay awesome um okay so i want to talk about a, a little bit about your background so you're a coach now you you've you've clearly been doing it for a long time you're very successful how did you learn the online business game how did oh, you learn man. about funnels and you know it I'm- is a beast it is a beast and I still am learning and and I have a team now thank the good lord I have an amazing team <laughs> and they do all like the you know the setup and and you know all the structure because I would lose my mind but um for me actually I knew that I had this great background in like sales and marketing in the traditional brick and mortar business to business space and I knew that I wanted to teach a hybrid and I knew that I wanted to run an online business so the first thing that I did even before I started my business was I signed up for a year-long online business training program that taught me webinars and taught me teleseminars and taught me, you know, list building and, you know, all of those core components so that I could get them in place in my business. And then as I got them in place in my business, started refining them, started seeing them work, started testing them um, and could create a replicable model. Eventually, as I scaled my own business, then I was like, okay, now I can feel comfortable. I can teach this to others because I see it's all working for me. But yeah, it's 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 a commitment it is absolutely a commitment to uh, never-ending learning. If you want to be in the online space and you think that you can sit stagnant for even five minutes, you might as well just throw in the towel now because <laughs> it changes so fast that you have to be committed to, to daily learning. I mean, wouldn't you say the same? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've definitely learned that there's so many different components. And like you say, there's always some new application coming out, whatever you're doing this week. Next week, people are bored of it, and they want they, yeah. they want they want the latest and greatest new thing. And if you're not on, you know, up to date with what's what's going on in the marketplace, you'll get left behind quickly. Um, I mean, I've, I've even seen like you know pretty prominent online entrepreneurs 
who, you know, had a pretty big voice out there just get pushed aside because they didn't stay relevant. They didn't stay up yeah. to date with, uh, with, with, with what's happening that's new. Um, so, yeah. Um, so to get a little personal, have you ever had a period where you wanted to quit? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I feel like that, you know, everyone kind of usually goes through some kind of period like that. And I'm curious, how did you overcome oh, yeah. it? And what do you do when you when you when you have those moments of like self-doubt and feeling like, should I really be doing this? Yeah. You know what? I think what it is, is um, for me at least, and I think it's different for everyone. You know, I love what I do. I'm so passionate about business building. Like I love, I jump out of bed in the morning. I love what I do, but running an online business includes a lot of very technical components. And in order to manage your team effectively, you essentially have to also learn those things side by side with them. Even if you're not the one doing them, you have to be able to oversee them. You have to know what's good, what's not good. And so I think for me, definitely there's highs and lows constantly um, because you're always starting over. You're always starting over. Even when you're successful, you're always starting over. And so I think the biggest thing is you have to have a long-range vision for your business and for your life. And you have to make every decision based on the long-range vision of like what you want your end goal to be. And you also have to have a lot of perspective. And you have to realize that when you look at someone um, and you see their success story or there's maybe um, – you know, someone that you're trying to model out there or someone that you really look up to in the space that you're in. You have to realize what it took for them to get there. And you can't compare their highlight reel to where you are today or <laughs> their chapter 20 to your chapter one. And I think that's how we get ourselves in trouble, you know. So I think it's just all about having a long range vision being patient and kind to yourself because the entrepreneurial journey has a lot of ups and downs um, and, and just trusting that you're like where you're meant to be in your own journey and not trying to compare it to anyone else other than yourself. I just posted a video on Facebook about this today and I said, you know, comparison is the only thing that will kill your business sure. because, you know, you, when you start comparing yourself to other people, you dig yourself a hole that you're never going to get yourself out of. Focus on beating your own best. Focus on being a little bit better every single day and be patient and kind with yourself because it is a never ending learning process. Okay. Awesome. I, I love that. I love that a lot. That's because that's, that's so, so very true. Um, now, so I know that, uh, you know, you personally, you have a, you have a great business. Um, but beyond that, you also have, uh, you're, you're a mom, you have two dogs, right? And yes. I'm, I'm very curious, how do you balance all this, right? Oh how gosh. do you, and especially, you know, as you were ramping things up, uh, how do you make sure you, you have time for your business, but also have time for your family? Yeah, yeah. So number one, I am the most ruthless person with my time that you will ever meet. I am a complete lunatic. Like I know when I go to bed at night, I know exactly and precisely what will happen the next day. And and it happens. Like I do not get distracted. I do not get pulled into things that are not, um, you know, valuable and on track with my, you know, plan for the business because I can't afford to. 
I absolutely can't afford to. Um, you know, definitely being a mom and being a wife and having dogs, my house is a three ring circus, first of all. Um, <laughs> there's always some kind of craziness going on. But, um, you know, it, it's just about being disciplined, you know, and being in control of yourself and being in control of your time and knowing what you need to keep that's in your genius zone, knowing what you need to delegate, um, forcing yourself to do the things maybe that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them because they're going to get you to where you want to be, which is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing the right investments to make, you know, when you need to get help. You know, a lot of people hesitate to get help in their business, you know, because they're not big enough or not advanced enough or whatever. That's the biggest thing that's going to help you grow faster. Um, so for me, when I'm on, you know, when I'm on family time, I try not to have my phone. I try to be super focused and in the moment. Um, and when I'm working on my business, I try to be all in a hundred percent and, and really just not get pulled into things that are not on the plan. They're not part of the path, so to speak of what, what I know is going to take me from where I am to where I want to be. Awesome. Do you, do you feel like being an entrepreneur, uh, and, and, you know, some of the tools that you've learned as an entrepreneur have helped you at all to become, you know, a better wife, better mom, better family person? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, resilience without a doubt, like so much more resilience, so much more um, ability to process things and not have an emotional, you know, uh, way of of absorbing them and being able to roll with the punches, being more flexible, um, absolutely being more organized. Um, I think there's so many things, you know, about being a good entrepreneur that make you better in your personal life in so many, in so many ways. Absolutely. Hmm. Awesome. So do you, do you plan on sharing uh, your your entrepreneurial experience with, with your children? Do you want them to be entrepreneurs? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, it's the number one thing that I want for my daughter because I want her to own her own life. I want her to own her own destiny. And, and the best way to do that is by being an entrepreneur. So, you know, that's definitely one of my number one goals for her. I want her to have financial freedom. I want her to be um, in control of her own life. And so I'm I'm really excited to have the opportunity to, to pass on what I've learned to her and hopefully help her have a better life because of it. Right, right. That's awesome. Uh, so when you were talking a little bit before about your uh, your schedule, I'm I'm curious to know what what kind of schedule do you keep? What kind of hours? Um, and I guess really what what sort of recommendations or expectations would you say someone just starting out should expect to be putting in to really be successful? Yeah. Well, I think everyone goes at their own pace. You know, I think some people are like 18 hour a day people and some people don't have that type of, you know, mentality or stamina in them. So I think it's fine for everyone to go at their own pace. But there are a couple of things that I think are super important. You know, number one is knowing what your peak hours are. For me, my peak hours are from five to seven in the morning. I get more done from five to seven in the morning than most people probably do in a full, you know, eight hour day. So I know those are my two peak hours. My house is quiet. Everyone's sleeping. You know, that is my prime time, you know, for my business every single day. Um, and you know, I know exactly how I'm going to use that time. I have it structured out. I I know what's going to get done and it gets done. Um, so I think it's knowing yourself. Some people are morning, people, some people are evening people, it really doesn't matter. But you need to know yourself, you need to know your peak, and you need to use your peak for what's most important in your business. So whatever is the most important thing that you need to get accomplished, get that accomplished in your peak hours when you're at your best, when you have the highest energy, you're the most focused, you're the most, you know, like, 
sharp and clear. And and if you do that, um, you don't need to work a 15, 18, 20-hour day um, to be productive in your business. I, I think it's more about knowing your peak, maximizing the time that you have, and being really crystal clear on what you want to do with it. Um, so to me, that those are kind of some of my tips there. I, I'm the kind of person I need to get like my seven or eight hours of sleep every night. So I, I'm not like a late I don't like burn the midnight oil. I'm typically in bed at like a reasonable hour because I do get up at five um, and and I kind of set myself up that way. Okay, awesome. That was going to be my next question was how much sleep do you get? Because I know like, you know, people like Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, Tony Robbins, they sleep like three, four hours a night. And then I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's not a lot of sleep. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't function like that. And I really don't, that's, that's not healthy. Right. Like that, that's not sustainable over the long term. And I'm trying to build practices in my business and my life that are sustainable over the long term. Right. So I don't want to build a business that requires me to get only three or four hours of sleep, right? Like I want to build a business that I can get my eight hours and, and still do what I need to do. So that would be another kind of tip that I would give people listening is like, hey, you know, don't don't build yourself into a routine that you're not going to be able to sustain because what happens when you can't sustain that routine anymore? You right. know, then what? The business falls apart. Right. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so Kelly, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This was a great interview. You provided some serious value. Um, so I wanted to know before we leave, uh, how can the baller circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that opportunity. Well, a couple things. Um, I have a really killer report. It's called Automation Secrets. And it's my top five strategies for how you can systematize and automate your business to get it growing really quickly without compromising your time and your quality of life. And you can get that by going to automation-secrets.com or just texting the word automate report. That's all one word, automate report to 44222. Awesome. So, um, that, yeah, that's out there for everybody. And that's, uh, you know, really, really valuable. I have like 35 things to outsource and delegate. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And of course, you know, I'm in the online world. My website's kellyroachcoaching.com. I would love to hear from anybody. Sounds good. Well, thanks a lot, Kelly. I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Don't miss out on next week's episode. Check out the Internet Ballers blog at internetballers.co for more tips on how to accelerate your progress and expand your vision.